Get ready for Crack the Customer Code, your audio guidebook for creating incredible customer journeys. Who's grateful to be here? Well, I am. How about you, Jimmy? <laughs> I'm always grateful to have a podcast with you, partner. Yes, me too. I'm always grateful to have a podcast with me. But <laughs> well done. Well I'm done. thank you, thank you. I'm here all week. Yes, uh, <laughs> I'm exuding gratitude for our guest today. Our friend Lisa Ryan is on the podcast, and she specializes in the very thing we're joking about, which is actually no joke, and that is gratitude and having an attitude of gratitude, not just in life, but as sort of a core business philosophy is really she brings this idea to teams. Like, how can you be mm -hmm. more grateful and why is that important in business? Yeah, I really, I, I really got a lot out of this discussion and I'm sure our listeners will too, because it's one of those things that sometimes we talk about, we give lip service in customer experience and customer service about, you know, appreciating um, customers, appreciating what they bring. But really, this is taking it up a level and talking about why having that just appreciation for everything, the little things, the big things, just all of us having that attitude um, can make everything better in our world. So it's, it's a good one. So I think Absolutely. everybody should buckle yeah. up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of lessons. Buckle up, yeah, buckle yeah. up. It's gonna be a wild ride. <laughs> no, it's. A, I mean, you know, the great little distinctions like the difference between sending a thank you note and a true mm -hmm. like note of appreciation. Like mm -hmm. that's the kind of stuff she gets into, which I think is fantastic. So yeah, let us dive in. I think we gave everybody time to put their seatbelts on for this <laughs> roller coaster and, ride. And have I think a moment we're of gratitude for being here with us today <laughs> we, and hearing this. Might, and we might be overselling it a little with the roller coaster. <laughs> but it's an awesome interview and definitely pay attention. So Jeannie, how about you tell us all about Lisa Ryan? I'm happy to do so. Lisa Ryan is Chief Appreciation Strategist at Gratigy. She's an award-winning speaker, author of 10 books, including Manufacturing Engagement, 98 Proven Strategies to Attract and Retain Your Industry's Top Talent, and co-star in two inspirational films with other personal development experts that you may have heard of. She's happy to name drop if you ask her. <laughs> when she's not on stage, you'll find Lisa traveling the world, meeting relatives she's discovered on Ancestry.com, reading murder mysteries, or catering to the demands of her two very spoiled cats, Simba and Tinkerbell. She is somebody who helps you to keep your top talent from becoming someone else's. From Cleveland, Ohio, here's Lisa. Lisa, thank you so much for joining us today. We're so happy to have you. Oh, thank you. I'm thrilled to be here. Oh, Lisa, fantastic to have you here. In fact, we are grateful that you're here. Ah, oh, nicely done. See, see what nicely I did there? <laughs> because one <laughs> of the recurring themes in your work is gratitude. And in fact, you came up with a term which is really cool called gratitude. So tell us why gratitude is an important aspect of business. And we, when we think of business, we don't often think of gratitude as sort of being a fundamental cornerstone, but it seems to be the way you approach it. So tell us a little bit about your thoughts on that. With gratitude and gratitude strategies or gratitudes, which also happens to be the name of my company, what it means is that we're starting with the basic foundation of human connection. And one of the best ways to connect with others is through that thankfulness. 
is letting people know that they matter, that they are seen, that they are important to us. And when we can relate to people on a personal level, then they're bringing that much more loyal, fulfilled, happy, um, seen person into the workplace. That's awesome. I, the way I look at it is that I'm happy you're here. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah, that's what's really important. Um, yeah, but it's interesting because you know, Jeannie and I, we talk about it from a customer service and customer experience. You sort of think of it always that way. And so, you know, and I know we're going to talk about employees as we get into this conversation. You know, we th- think about showing our gratitude to customers and expressing that, you know, gratitude and the gratefulness. But, you know, you're really bringing it to the whole organization, right? As sort of a a core culture. Would you say it's like a core cultural piece? Is that how you approach it? Yeah, I would. I, you know, I have two main programs that I do. I have my show talk and my thanks talk because I'm a gratitude. I'm an acronym girl. And the first part, when we go through the show process, which depending on the program can be short or long, but at first the S is for the self, because what gratitude does is it helps us to change our perspective. You know, we look at life a different way when we can choose positive emotions versus negative emotions. The H is the health benefits, everything from your immune system to your heart, to your level of stress, you know, having that practice helps. The O is our relationship with others. And this starts at home because if you can have a better relationship with your spouse, with your kids, with your family, with everybody else in your life, then you're, then it's easier for you to have good relationships with people in the workplace. And then W is for wealth or workplace. But that's the exact correct order because if you can't see the good, when you start to see the good, you start to feel better. You have better relationships with others. And now you're bringing that better person into the workplace. Well, one of the things that you kind of tie that back to, which I really like, and it, I, I, I'm not sure I'm going to phrase you exactly right, but it's basically about not only showing up as your best self, but also kind of seeing the best self in others. And I think that's something that we often overlook is that when we are at work and we are tasked to do things suddenly, if we're not paying attention to this stuff, we are not bringing our best self to work, right? (laughs) And if we're not bringing our best self, we can't see other people for their best selves. So how do you help people kind of connect the dots when they're, maybe they're not so grateful about what they're doing in that moment, or maybe it's hard to do their job? Like, how can you help us connect those dots when maybe it's not looking like the type of situation where it would be obvious to do that? Um, You know, you really start where you're at. When I talk to people about gratitude, they think that gratitude has to be all, oh, yay, I won the lottery (laughs) or yay, I got a new job. Yay, I'm at the love of my life. But when you can get to the point of where you are now. So maybe you wake up one morning and you're grateful that the sun is shining. You're grateful you have a warm bed. You're grateful that when you flick the light switch, electricity happens. Mm -hmm. So when we can start to look for the every day, then it makes it easier to find things because it's all the little things that we take for granted. When it comes into the workplace, now one of the things I like to do with my clients is I say, thank you for being you, or I appreciate you and 
I appreciate your business. So what we're doing is we're separating the two. We're letting our customers know that we appreciate them. But the thing is, sometimes if we just say, hey, thanks for your business, they might be thinking, well, I'm nothing more than a wallet to you. Mm. Where if I'm saying thank you and I appreciate your business, now we're, we're thanking the person. There's also difficult relationships in the workplace. Frankly, we don't like everybody that we work with. What? We should. Yeah, You're exactly. Crazy. Don't, don't you comment, <laughs> don't you comment, Jeannie. You be careful. <laughs> but I, I challenge the people in my programs, you know, to think about that one person that you really, for whatever reason, don't like. They might remind you of somebody you don't like, whatever it is. You had a negative experience with them, but look for one good thing about them. And people say, Lisa, there ain't nothing good about that person. Okay. <laughs> if you had to choose one thing about that person, what would it be? And it's like, Ugh, okay, she wore really cute shoes yesterday. <laughs> you, know, you start there because when you can find that one good thing about somebody, even if you can't stand them, it starts to change the energy mm-hmm. and you look for things because so many times when we have those moments, those negative relationships with people, you know, we're, we're always focusing on the negative, why we don't like them, why they can't do the job, why we can't stand being around them versus if we start to change our energy saying, wow, you know what? She smiled at me today. Mm-hmm. You know what? Wow. She didn't throw the pieces of paper at me today. <laughs> you know, wow. He didn't yell at me when he came into the office today. So we just start to look for things and catch people doing things well, instead of always harping on what's wrong and what's broken. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love, I love that idea. And it's really, you're just, you're reframing perspective, right? You're getting them to step back and use a different frame for how they look at people. And I'd like to tie together two things you mentioned when you were just talking, which is you're talking about reframing like a difficult relationship. Like, how do you feel about this person? But you'd also mentioned that idea of being grateful for the lights coming on and sort of the simple things. So what do you do to reframe that? Because, you know, one of the things that I'm sure you've seen this kind of research, it's like we compare ourselves to where we're at. So it's great to like be grateful that I have running water and all this, but you know, the research sort of shows that you can be in a million dollar house, but if you're in a neighborhood where everybody else has a $2 million house, you're, you're unhappy because it's, you're sort of benchmark against where you're at. So when you're looking at an organization, how are you getting people to sort of have the right benchmarks? And what I really mean by that, the right frame, not the right, but I frame a reference that's positive and that, helps people be grateful and and feel gratitude. Well, it really comes down to the practice of keeping some kind of gratitude journal. You know, I talk about two different types of journals, the morning journal, where before your feet hit the ground in the morning, you take that out, write down five sentences I'm grateful for. The, The nice thing about the morning journal is you can be grateful in advance. For example, this morning I wrote down, I'm so grateful that I had a great interview with Adam and Jenny to and today. Oh, nice. And so we're looking, <laughs> sorry about that. Are we uh, living but, up to it? <laughs> but it's, it's looking, it's, it's setting those positive expectations in advance of it actually happening. So, um, because if you wake up in the morning, you say, oh, today's going to suck. You know what? Your day's going to suck. You're yeah. setting that expectation. So with the written practice of gratitude and people will say, well, does it have to be written? And you think about it saying, well, 
yeah, you're, you're using more senses. You're feeling the pen in your hands and you're seeing the words on paper and you're feeling that emotion. The other nice thing about it is that when you're having a day and you wake up in the morning you, um, that you can't think of anything good, you just turn back a couple pages and you're like, oh yeah, these are little reminders. Mm-hmm. So the evening journal, which I refer to as the wins journal, looks back on the day and comes up with five good things that happen during the day. So after a particularly horrific day, this may be the more difficult of the two journals to do. But what you're doing is, again, you're just reminding yourself. And I will tell you, over time, this starts to rewire your brain. I can't explain it. I just know what happens to me is that when something bad happens, now, mind you, as a speaker, we like to joke that when something bad and, you know, nothing bad ever happens to us, we just get new material. But my first reaction is after the initial blow, whatever it is, anger, sadness, whatever. But I say, what can I find to be grateful for about this? So, you know, I'm not saying to just slap a happy face on and pretend everything's happy, happy, joy, joy, but, you know, feel the rawness of that emotion. And then when you start to come out of it, to get into the habit of looking for that one good thing. So it is the simple things. And we compare ourselves against the things that we have, how well we're doing. Because when we look at the things that others have, number one, we can put in our mind that there will always be people who have more than you, always, no matter what. And there will always be people that have less than you. So if you compare yourself to your goals and what you're, what you're doing, and we're celebrating the small achievements along the way, that's how we live, live a happy life. It's not comparing ourselves to the people who have more than us, because we do that and we never get out of that vicious cycle. Mm-hmm. Well, I love- Hold on, Jenny. <laughs> love it love it uh well and i loved what you said about the morning like anticipation of it and it reminded me of something i do sometimes with my kids because if they have a bad day or if we're talking about something that went wrong a lot of times i'll say what are you looking forward to just to shift into this you're going to get out of this like whatever it is you're in right now there's something else ahead of you that you can look forward to. Um, and we also have a happiness jar at home and we all write little scraps of paper of things that went well. And then we open it on new year's Eve and we read them all. And it's just a great reminder of all the things we have to be grateful for. And I love that you're putting that into daily practice. It's just such a powerful way to shift, you know, like when things are rotten, they're not going to be rotten all that long. <laughs> you can look right. So, uh, well, and I love the fact that you're doing it with your kids because we live in this immediate gratification world surrounded by technology and people that have lots of stuff. Mm-hmm. And when you can change the conversation to tell me something good that happened today, mm-hmm. what are the blessings? What you're doing is you're setting up your children 
to be much happier the rest of their life. It's the, the, the science behind it proves it. It's, there's research that's been done on adults. There's research that has been done on, on uh, middle school mm-hmm. kids. And the, the parents that take the time to have those conversations, to change the conversation to one that's more positive, they see long-term benefits for their children doing that. Oh, yay. That's so good to hear. Where's my applause, Adam? Um. <laughs> oh, well, first of all, you uh, you know what, Jeannie, for all of our fun that we have with each other, you you always get applause for what a fantastic mother you oh, are. Oh, that's so. so nice. Thank you. I'm, I'm very yeah, grateful I, for this interview. <laughs> this is fantastic. This is a make Jeannie look good interview. <laughs> but, but, you know, I'll add something to what Lisa said, which is you know, this is one, these things, why it is powerful as far as what we know about psychology mm-hmm. with children is part of this is literally a habit, right? Lisa, I mean, you're developing a habit of directing your focus one way instead of all the ways, because the and Jeannie and I have talked about this on a few episodes. Mm-hmm. The world is trying to direct your focus where it wants it to go. Facebook's mm-hmm. trying to do it. Twitter's trying to do it. The evening news is trying to do it. And generally, the places it wants your focus to go aren't all that empowering. Right. And this is, I mean, really what you're doing is directing focus in a lot of ways to positive questions, right? Positive activities, writing in the journal, looking for the good. And how how much are you trying to develop habits? Are there things where you actually when to sort of you know segue off that? Are you telling uh, you know the people you're working with, hey, do this for 21 days, do this for a week, do this for any, you know, are you trying to set a habit? Yeah, they. Ha- I have a um, 30-day gratitude challenge, uh, and what that happened, it was funny. I, I did it two years in a row where there was the official 30-day challenge where every day they got a little motivational video and stuff and, you know, and reminding that there's five ways. I called it the five thank yous a day v- a challenge. So for 30 days, they would either write five things in their gratitude journal, um, thank five people. Uh, there were letters of appreciation thank you notes. And the difference between the two, again, in the world, according to Lisa Ryan, is that a thank you note is thank you for something. Thank you for dinner. Thank you for the gift. Thank you for something tangible. The letter of appreciation is thank you because these are the reasons that I am Mm -hmm. grateful that you are in my life. And then the fifth way is to reflect on gratitude for five minutes. So, I got all kinds of great feedback from the people who took the challenge and, and just to develop that practice over 30 days. Now, the funny part is, is that I had some people emailing me and they were like, oh, I'm so sorry that the gratitude, that the 30 day challenge is over because I really liked keeping track of my gratitudes. (laughs) And I'm sitting there thinking my evil plan was that you you liked doing this and you would continue. It's okay. You can. And continue. So, and the by the same token, a lot of times when I'm talking to an audience, I'll ask for the people who keep a gratitude journal to raise their hand, and there'll be a lot of people in the room that say, oh, I used to do that, but I got out of the habit. And that's the magic is forgive yourself, pick up the pen and do it. Mm-hmm. The gratitude journal that I wrote, it has no dates in it, because that way you don't have to feel guilty, you know, about, oh, I forgot a couple days, mm-hmm. I got to go back and make up stuff or, well, I forgot for a week, so I can't do it anymore. No, you just continue the practice. It takes less than a minute in the morning or evening. And 
it just starts to program your brain differently to look at life differently. And even if you don't notice the difference, the people around you will. I've had countless stories. Uh, my one friend, Lee, who took the ta- who took the gratitude challenge, he, he wrote that his wife came up to him like, what is up with you recently? You're, you're much less grouchy than you usually are. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> so, and Lee's been subscribing to Gratitude Thought of the Week for, you know, since 2011 when it first came out oh, and he's still that. getting it. And I still, still hear from him. Nice. So what, awesome. I'm I'm curious, and if if you don't want to share this, that's totally fine. But I'm curious because you've been doing this for so long. Is there anything that you've like written down on a morning or night, and you've just kind of laughed out loud that you know it was something so silly, but it made you look at it totally differently? Is there anything funny that you've been grateful for that you kind of was unexpected for yourself? <laughs> That's so funny that you ask. Because so once in a while, I'll go through and I'll, I'll just, you know, relive past things of what I was grateful for. And it was October 11th, 2010. I started my practice in 2009. And for some reason, I still don't know what the reason was, <laughs> is I wrote down the sentence, I am grateful I have all the time that I want. Well, that was October 9th on October, no, October 11th. On October 12th, 2010, my medical sales position was eliminated via group conference call with 12 of us getting canned at the same time. I I looked at that and it had been probably a year. Yeah, it was just one of those days I was having a little memory day, you know, walking for to to relive because I was seeing, you know, where I had come a year after the firing, you know, and what was going on in my life at that time. And when I saw that quote, I'm so grateful for having all the time I need. (laughs) It's like, you have to be really careful what you're thankful for. (laughs) You got more than enough. So specificity is very important, right? (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. (laughs) So you you needed to be, I'm really grateful I have all the time I need in my current position. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, and I tell you, people will tell me afterwards when all that happened, you know, it was a blessing in disguise. Mm -hmm. And really, there was no disguise. Mm. That was an absolute blessing. And that's where gratitude gets you, that no matter what is going on in your life, when you can find one good thing to be grateful for, it makes it easier to find the next thing and the next thing. And so I know that things, you know, get go wrong in our life and we go through the, you know, go back to the, this too shall pass. But while we're waiting for it to pass, when we can find the, the good in it, it changes the whole situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's awesome advice. Well, I think we, we were actually going to try to talk about some other things. So, but I don't think we're going to have time. So I'm going to ask you one question and about when you apply this in the workplace which is when you're actually you know, working with teams, trying to you know, instill a sense of gratitude, do, the, do you see any sort of commonalities among the generations that certain generations are more receptive to this message? I mean, we know people are people and they're going to be different. You know, it's going to be different within each generation. But do you see any sort of overall trends uh, generationally with your topic? I don't see as much generation to generation it's really person to person some people like to have you know to be acknowledged in public 
Some people don't. Some people like that one-on-one -on -one conversation. Some people like the, the verbal thank you. Some people prefer the written. You know, I like to say when you tell somebody you appreciate them, you create a beautiful memory. When you write it down, you create a treasure. Because in the workplace particularly, when you write something down, even if it's a smiley face on a post-it note, <laughs> given at the right time, you're giving somebody tangible evidence of a job well done. And I promise promise you those little notes when given in sincerity do not get thrown away mm -hmm. because we have bad days and now we have tangible evidence of oh yeah you know we create those moments throughout the day mm -hmm. that we can have that we can bring that positivity in so in the you know the the feedback, I mean, millennials and Gen Z are more wired for feedback instead of the once a year personal performance review that I like to say nobody likes, managers don't like to give them, employees don't like to receive them, but we're giving more um, regular feedback to employees, to probably the, the younger employees, the emerging leaders than we've had to before. But when it comes to acknowledging people, as long as you're acknowledging them in the way that they prefer, we all need this. Well, all of this has been fantastic. And it's just such a wonderful um, reminder to all of us to really take the time to be grateful. And as you said, it doesn't take much time. So why not? So this was fantastic. Thank you so much for being here with us. We really appreciate you, Lisa. You did a great job. You are, oh, you're very welcome. It was a blast <laughs> being with both of you as well. And where can our listeners find you and, and learn more about what you do? My website is Lisa Ryan Speaks. LisaRyanSpeaks.com. I also have plenty. Uh, you can connect with me on LinkedIn at Ask Lisa Ryan, Facebook, Lisa Ryan 14. I'm all over social media. So if you just do a search on Gratigy, I have lots of resources out there when it comes to it, not everything from gratitude for your personal self up through and including taking that into the workplace with employee engagement, retention, and recognition. Fantastic. And we'll make sure that's in the show notes as well. So thank you so much. Always a pleasure. Thanks for being here. You're very welcome. Thank you, Lisa. Very grateful to have you. You're welcome. Well, I think there are so many lessons in this episode, not just for kind of in general, but when you think about applying what Lisa said to customer experience and customer service, one of the things that I think we often overlook is how burnout can happen in these roles. And just think about the power of some of what she talked about with gratitude journals and really recognizing wins every single day and how that can help prevent burnout for some of your the people who have to face things over and over every day in customer service and customer experience. What do you yeah, think? Yeah, particularly, I think, to your point, issue resolution roles, right? The mm -hmm. people that are literally, I was joking with somebody about this the other day, like, you know, if you've ever just sat at the uh, Geek Squad and Best Buy, just sat at the desk for a few minutes and watch mm -hmm. what those uh, folks go through, because mm -hmm. it is, you know, everyone at the desk is, has a problem. Right. There's a right. big difference between a normal service role in which you're dealing with, you know, working with problems and an issue resolution role where every interaction is somebody who's upset or challenging. And those can be, you know, contact centers have this. There's a lot, a lot of issues in contact centers with burnout and with turnover. 
Mm-hmm. And that's a big part of it. And I think Lisa's strategies, to your point, you know, redirecting that focus, redirecting it towards what am I grateful for? What is positive that happened today? What positive is going to happen today? Right. The sort of uh, that morning list, that idea of yep. expecting it before it happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think those that could all be really powerful for, I mean, let's take it a step further, not just burnout, but the, the, the thing at the end of burnout, which is retention. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I think this was a, a great kind of reset too, just for anybody who listened. And um, it was for me just to kind of remind myself, oh yeah, it is a practice. I loved what she said about that too. Like, don't beat yourself up if you miss a day or two and don't think you can't just, it's a practice like anything else. And if you keep doing it, it really does rewire how you look at the world, which is pretty amazing. So good stuff. And speaking of of rewiring, (laughs) here's the same outro we've used 500 (laughs) times. Well, first of all, we always say it because we mean it. Thank you so much for listening to Crack the Customer Code. And of course, we so appreciate you for subscribing, for rating, reviewing, and telling your friends about us. If you know people in customer experience, customer service, or leaders who care about this stuff, please let them know about our simple little podcast here. Crack the Customer Code is a proud member of C-Suite Radio, so be sure to check out all the great business content at csuiteradio.com and csuitetv.com. I'm Jeannie Walters, and you can learn more about me and our journey mapping program, CX training, and speaking at experienceinvestigators.com. And I'm Adam Pork, and you can learn more about my keynote speaking, our workshops and training, and why I'm grateful for each and every one of my clients at (laughs) customersatstick.com. Until next time, take care of yourself. And take care of your customers. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.